Stay tuned for life, love, sleepwalking, and my phoenix imagination. Hmm. This is the Truth in Words and Music podcast, episode 144. Hey there, Tony here. Yep, you're at the episode 144 of the Truth in Words and Music podcast. I'm glad you're here. I'm so glad that you're still out there listening and some more of you have joined in. I appreciate that more than you know. And uh, I'm going to get right into it this uh, this week. I started to say this year. <laughs> I guess I guess it's a year for me. This past week has been like a year. And then the first week, w- oh, I'm sorry, I'm going into an old movie dialogue. Um I want to talk to you about uh, a song to start out with. But this song was written a long, long time ago by a guy named David. And he wrote a song where he said, You have given me life. And I just wonder, does that ring a bell? Have you heard that song? Do you remember that song? Uh, some, of you may, some of you may understand what I'm talking about. But uh, when I say who, who, who was he talking about, I'm going to ask you, well, first, what's a precept? Before we get into who he was talking about, what's a precept? Have you ever heard of precepts? Well, they're general rules of life. And in the context of your relationship with your creator, they're the only rules that matter, the precepts with that God has laid out. When God says do something or don't do something, it isn't because he just enjoys making up rules to see if you can keep them. I mean, he knows you can, but you mostly don't. Still, he cares about your health and well-being, and he cares about your life, and, and he knows better than you or me how to live the healthiest, strongest life. And that's why David, as you may guess, is King David. That's why he wrote, I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have given me life. Now think about professional sports. They all have rules, right? But, but why? Why? The rules aren't designed to take all the fun out of the game. They're necessary. They're necessary so each player knows what's fair and acceptable. And the rules tend to keep players safer. Without rules for a game, it sort of quickly becomes a free-for-all, and nobody enjoys paying good money to watch that. Uh, do they? I hope not. Even though sports have rules, you'll probably never hear about a player writing a song to his coach saying, you have given me life. Uh, I know players feel indebted to their coaches a lot of times for giving them the discipline they needed to to uh, conquer the sport they were in, but I don't think they're ever going to write a song to him saying, you have given me life. Well, David understood that God created him. He understood that his creator knows more about us than we know about ourselves. And if your creator says, A, B, C, and 1, 2, 3 are the healthiest, safest ways to live, it's a good idea to pay attention. A world of no precepts, no general rules for life, quickly becomes that, um, that free-for-all I talked about. In fact, you can see evidence of this downward slide in all parts of the world right now. Right now, each passing day, more and more people want nothing to do with the one true living, loving God of creation. And each passing day, the world becomes more and more unpleasant no, scratch that. More and more dangerous to live in. 
Speaking of that, a guy named Mike, and I won't say his whole name, he's been taking issue with me uh, and my Christian faith on my Facebook page. That's over at facebook.com forward slash Tony Funderburg. If you have a moment and and you spend time on Facebook, go over there and like my page, and then you can get some of the uh, updates that I do there too. But anyway, this guy Mike, he's an example of what I'm talking about. The very people who preach tolerance and diversity are almost always the ones who they love to pick fights with and um, attempt to ridicule Christians. But why? Because we dare say there's a God of creation, and we dare to pray to God and say things like, you have given me life. How dare we say that? Right? How dare we say that? Especially in a public place when, when it can offend so many. Why would we dare say that? Well, uh, there's a simple answer to that. It's the truth. What we're talking about is the truth. So, we do that out of serving our fellow man. We're, Christians are called, it's called the Great Commission, to go out and, and tell the whole world, to all the corners of the earth, about God. And so we, that's how we serve one another. If you truly have love in you, you serve one another. Healthy life, peaceful life, wealthy life, joyful life. Do any or all of those describe you in your life? Well, if not, my first question is, do you love others as you love yourself? You know, are you serving others? If you answered yes, then the next question is, do you serve one another? After all, it's only in serving one another that a healthier, peaceful, or wealthier, joyful life can be had. Serving yourself leads away from those attributes. So does expecting others to serve you. That sort of expectation can only lead somewhere troublesome. I've got three things to uh, focus on to help you serve others, particularly if you're a Christian. So, and there are more, believe me, but here's three. First is whatever things are pure. Focus on those. It doesn't matter that more and more people in the world attempt to prove that, that truth is relative and experiential. There are some things that are absolutely true. I don't care who you are or what you want to think about truth. They are absolutely true, some things. For example, the morning sun never rises or appears in the West, right? It never does. And it never sets or disappears in the East, right? See, some things are absolutely true and dependable. Focus on those. Okay, next, we've gone from uh, what, whatever things are true. Let's go to whatever things are pure, now, I know this can be a difficult area to focus on with so much grit and grime and despicable behavior in the world, but there are pure things. Think about it. A newborn baby, um, a blue sky from a mountaintop. We get those here in Colorado. Maybe you don't have those where you live, but you still know that it's pure. A genuine love between a husband and his wife. These are pure things. There's nothing wrong with these things. I'm sure you can find other your things if you look. So focus on them, okay? So we've got whatever things are true, whatever things are pure, and the third one that I want to share with you are whatever things are praiseworthy. Look for some way to compliment others today. It could be as simple as telling your barista how delightful your Americano is, 
Or tell your mom how nice she looks in her new coat. Or how about telling your coworker or employee what a great job they did yesterday. It's difficult not to see praiseworthy things. Really, if you open your eyes, focus on that. So focus on whatever things are true, whatever things are pure, and whatever things are praiseworthy. Those three things this week. I mean, like I said, there are several other areas of life you could focus on and, and um, you know, maybe improve your circle of influence. And I've shared a lot of them on my podcast and on my website, but I want you to know how your focus can change how well you serve one another. If you're only focused on the mistakes other people make, then you'll never run out of them. Believe me, people are making mistakes right and left. And you'll never be satisfied. Neither will they. That kind of focus helps no one. It serves no one. There's a time for healthy critique, but never waste an opportunity to build someone up. Your soul will thank you for it. Serve one another. Spread the love. Have you, uh, have you ever found yourself sort of sleepwalking through your life? <laughs> That's a leading question, but I mean, I know every day has challenges, and, and, and I know challenges don't play favorites. They, they sure can happen to the rich and poor, the beautiful and the ugly, the short and the tall, the fat and the thin, and the old and the young, and knowing you can't get out of facing challenges can either cause you to run headlong into them with your eyes wide open or cause you to sleepwalk through each day and night, you know, trying to avoid life. But I wanted to share with you the only sleepwalk you should indulge in. And on my website on uh, TonyFunderburk.com, for this uh, particular article about sleepwalking, I shared a video uh, on a song about a song, or it's a video of a song, Sleepwalk. And some of you older listeners may remember this. It's by Santo and Johnny. It's my favorite instrumental pop tune of all time. It's really simple. It's guitar and slide guitar. Um, so, you know, it might be a surprise to some that it's my favorite instrumental pop tune. And it's, I mean, my favorite composer is still Beethoven. But like I said, this is a pop tune. So I invite you to go over there to TonyFunderburk.com and, and look for Sleepwalk and actually see a picture of Santo and Johnny from their appearance on Dick Clark's show. But um, this uh, it's, it's far removed from long hair classical music, you know, Beethoven. But it's, it's such a classic, nostalgic piece of music for me. Every time I hear it, I'm transported back to a place in time where innocence was still around and, and uh, none of my dreams had yet been squashed forever. You know, you've heard it. Um, in that video that you'll watch, uh, Dick Clark shares a story about how Santo and Johnny came up with the song. It's almost as if the song called Sleepwalk uh, came into being after a sleepwalk experience. And the, 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 the song shows so much more uh, emotion from a slide guitar than the typical country or island song. You know, you'll hear the slide guitar in those kinds of music, those kinds of songs. But in this song, it just seems to have such an emotion. I don't know. It's Maybe it's just me. Maybe you'll listen to it and go, he likes this? But um, 
I mean, maybe you probably won't enjoy this song nearly as much as me. I, I don't know. It was big. It was a big song back then. But uh, if not, I'd love to hear what song gives you the feeling of a better time. Go on to Tony Funderburg and share it with me or uh, and, and or find a place where you see me on Twitter or, or Facebook or the others and, and just share it with me. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll share your favorite with, with the uh, audience here on the podcast, if you don't mind. And uh, like I said, I hope the song Sleepwalk is the only way you sleepwalk through your day, okay? Because uh, you need to be alert. Things are really tough out there. It's hard to kind of focus sometimes on things that uh, you enjoy more instead of instead of the big bad things going on out there. That's um, it's a mean old world, and it can squelch. Um, creativity. You really can. I I put a, um, well, put a, I wrote an article that I titled My Phoenix Imagination. You may have heard me say that at the beginning of the podcast of Phoenix Imagination. And what's he talking about? Um, very often I just start writing things because I, I mean, I love wordplay. I love alliteration. I love juxtaposed metaphors and impossible phraseology. I just love working with words. And I love the one true, living, loving, creative God who gave me the language I can manipulate. So let's go to that word, phoenix. It's, you know, phoenix. You say it and it's, you know, second hat, old hat to you. Secondhand news, Phoenix. Well, what is that? Well, it's a city in Arizona, right? Well, in English, it's not pronounced at all like it looks. I mean, it's P-H-O-E-N-I-X. Okay, the N-I-X I get, but the P-H-O-E, that's Phoenix? That looks pahonix. Anyway, but, but think how cool that is. You know, P-H-O-E-N-I-X is Phoenix. Uh Maybe it doesn't affect anybody else like it does me, but I think it's cool. And the other day, I, that word just popped up on my linguistic radar, and I decided to work it into a short poem, one that was swirling with truth and imagination. But I didn't want to just use the word. I decided to make it an eight-line metaphor, be part of that. And I just decided uh, it would describe how my imagination has sort of been prisoner to tasks lately. And I wanted it to show how it was only a temporary situation. And that's somewhat metaphorical for how life is, isn't it? And that makes sense? Life very often gets in the way of creativity and dreams. Do you experience that? Sure you do. I, I just can't imagine anyone being immune to the distractions and disturbances of life, but this earthly life is its only a temporary existence. Even though you, the true you, are an eternal creation. Where you'll be forever comes down to who you choose to believe in right now. So will you choose self over everything else and everyone else? That way you could be emperor over a universe of one? Is that what you want, choosing self? Or will you end this life now, choose Jesus, your creator, and then rise out of your own ashes, a glorious phoenix spirit, soaring into the eternal presence of the one who created you. 
Are those fair questions? Or do I sound biased? I would say yes and yes. I am biased. And if you look up the word biased or bias in the dictionary, you'll see why I proudly say I'm biased. I'm going to share the Phoenix imagination metaphor of eight lines here with you. And it goes a little something like this. It arises from rainbow ashes. It takes flight on crystal butterflies. Once forgotten, then forsaken. Now it glows above translucent skies. And it's all mine, imagination. A phoenix, a ruby lightning rod. I'm transported up through the heavens with a blink into the house of God. That's my phoenix imagination, rising out of the ashes of this temporary vessel that I inhabit right now, going to be with the Lord forever. I hope that will be you too. I want um, no one to be left behind. God doesn't want anyone to be left behind. He understands that most people are still going to reject Him, and I understand that too. I, I don't like it any more than He does. But if you have any inkling or any hint of changing your mind about what you believe in, don't do it before it's too... I mean, do it before it's too late. Okay? Will you do that? Look into it. What could it hurt, right? What could it hurt to look into it at least? Find out if this Christianity uh, thing that we... Some of us, like me, just can't seem to shut up about. Find out if it means something. If it really is worth all the effort that we're putting into it. Or are we just the biggest fools who ever walked the planet because we believe in something that we're just making up in our own head? I say look into it. I believe that you will end up believing. But it's your, it's your choice. It's your will. And that does it for me this week on the Truth and Words of Music podcast. Episode 144 is in the can, as they say in radio. And I'd like to thank each and every one of you for being there. Your support for, for the truth and words of music that I share is invaluable to me. It means more than I can, than I can tell you. It really does. And I always try to uh, share that you could share it with others. Tell them they can find me on Amazon.com or Smashwords. You can find my books that I've written on there, those places. You could subscribe to this podcast. And if you have already... Uh, take a minute to leave me a review on iTunes and, you know, leave me a 15-star review, even though it only goes up to four or five, <laughs> okay? And you can connect with me on LinkedIn. That's a professional network. I'm even there. You can circle me on Google+, follow me on Twitter, watch my videos on YouTube, and find me on Facebook and like my Facebook page so that these uh, these kinds of things that I share there will just pop up in your radar as well. And so there's a whole bunch of ways that you can share, and sharing is caring. Just any of those places, look for Tony Funderburk. That's F-U-N, starts with fun. Hey, how about that? D-E-R-B-U-R-K. TonyFunderburk.com is where I start everything, and this podcast originates from there. And that does it. Like I said, Truth in Words and Music podcast, episode 144. Until next time, may God bless you and keep you.